Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. A Dear Media original podcast. Her name is Coco. For a while, it seemed like Coco Berthman was everywhere. There was this girl from Germany who had been trafficked in a most horrible way. But in early 2022, it all fell apart and people started questioning everything Coco had ever said. Is her name even fucking Coco? We don't even know that. I'm Sarah Gannam, host of Believable, the Coco Berthman story, a new investigative series from Dear Media. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. Okay, so last week I had on my gorgeous wife. And, um, you know, I love having my wife on because I just like, I really like to have therapy sessions with her live on the podcast. And it's like the only time I really get to drag her and she doesn't fight with me because she knows everybody's listening. So like if I said the things that I said to her on the podcast privately, chances are we'd be in a huge fight. But the beauty of the podcast is she knows that y'all are listening. So she actually like takes a beat and like doesn't get defensive and like has to hear me. And it really is a wonderful therapy tool. I mean, when we can't see our actual therapist, because you know, I've been busy. Our therapist is busy. It costs a lot of money. It's really nice to jump on the old potty pod and just have like a nice little public impromptu therapy sesh. So thank you guys so much for allowing me a platform to publicly shame my wife. I'm just fucking kidding. No, I love having Tay on. You guys love when I have Tay on. Um, but so fucking funny. Like the way that people, you know, couple dynamics are my favorite thing in the entire world. And when I was married to husband, I was not nice to him, which I don't think is a surprise. I used to actually, so he used to drive me to work every single morning, which is very sweet. When we first started dating, he actually like, that's how we like that's how he caught me in his little net was he would drive me to work and it was so early in the morning and I did like drug dealers before him. Well, a uh, drug dealer, allegedly, in my opinion, I have like no actual confirmation he was a drug dealer, but he just like felt drug dealery. You know what I'm saying? So to have like an actual functioning adult that I was dating, it was it was really refreshing. Um, and so he would like I had to be at the office at like 536 in the morning and he would like wake up because he would go to his job very early in the morning and he would like drop me off and he drove me in a BMW. It was a two-seater, very sexy. Um, In the beginning, it was very sweet. But then, we, you know, we were together for a while. We got married. We were fighting. Then we didn't have the sexy BMW. We then had a Land Rover. My request, 
I actually was accused by somebody he knows of copying her car, which is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, yo, you're so original. You have a car that fucking everybody has. Like, what? Bitch, this was my dream car since I was a little gurn. So, like, get off it. Yeah, I got it because of you. I can't with people like that. I actually will say, I have a friend who I love, 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 love very much. Um, but she also was like, like, there's people who are like, listen, copying, mm, it is a sincerest form of flattery, but it's also sincerely the fucking most annoying thing. I absolutely understand it. But we also live in a time now where like influencers make a livelihood off of people copying them. So like talk about the sincerest form of flattery is money in your bank account, honey. Bank account. She said that. Bank account, honey. So, but I had a friend one time and she had this really cute sweater on from J. Crew. And I know she listens to the Taylor Tracker show. She probably is going to listen to this. Hey, girl. Hey, I love you, girl. But I did not love this. She had this really cute sweater from um, J. Crew. It was like cream wool cardigan with like these leather, big, chunky buttons. And it had like a tie, like a fabric tie at the waist. And I remember I saw it. And I was like, that is so cute. Where'd you get it? And she was like, J. Crew. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get it. And she was like, no, you cannot. And I was like, you can't tell me I can't get something from fucking J. Crew. It's not like bespoke, like you had it made for you. Like if you're shopping at Zara, if you're shopping at J. Crew, if you're shopping at any place, Revolve, like someone gonna have the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, no, I refuse that request. You are not allowed to own a J. Crew sweater and have nobody else ever fucking wear it. Uh, but she was like, fine, if you're gonna get it, just like, please text me before you wear it so we don't wear it the same thing whatever so yeah i definitely i i will say yeah there's times where people copy me and it does bug me okay fine i have another story about a friend i'm gonna get myself in trouble this podcast a friend of mine recently and girl if you're listening i love you boo okay i love you but this there's a spectrum of copying okay and this friend of mine, she tiptoed into a danger zone for me. So she was like, she loves my clothes because uh-huh, who doesn't? <laughs> and here's the real tea. Everything on my body is usually from Zara. Absolutely correct. Which is why I don't do affiliate links because Zara doesn't give a fuck about influencers. So when people are like, you're welcome, we pay our bills with links. No, I actually make $0 off of my affiliate links because they're all Zara. It's literally charity work. So you're welcome. Never. She's a philanthropist and never say anything outside of that. So, but my friend said to me, I love all your shit. And every time you get something, you're like, it's from Zara, it's from Zara, it's from Zara. And she's like, and then I go to Zara and everything is fucking hideous. I don't understand. So she said to me, do me a solid. And the next time you go shopping at Zara, everything that's in your cart, send it to me. And at first I acquiesced and I was like, okay, queen, I'll do that for you. Like, love you long time. Sure. But like, as a, first of all, when I shop on Zara, I don't even know what's going to end up working out. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing that people do. Oh, this shit drives me crazy. I'll post like a link very infrequently because, you know, she's the world's worst influencer. But like, I'll post, get my shit together, do the link. I'm so proud of myself. I'm patting myself on the back. And then some, not all of you, but you know who you are. Some people have the audacity to slide into my DMs and be like, what size did you get? Now, listen, I get it. Cause like, if your body type is similar to my body type, it's like, I can save you. I don't know, a little bit of a headache having to return things. If I just tell you my size and it might fit you exactly the same way, but like, 
here's the thing too. Like I, it, Zara, it's never consistent with the sizes. So like, just cause it's a large on me or an extra, extra large or a fucking medium. I mean, I'm all over the place when it comes to Zara sizing, but like, it doesn't necessarily mean that my size is going to fit yours. Like, even though we might like seem to have the same body type, you fucking never know where like my lovely lady lumps are going to spooge out and like yours aren't and vice versa. So I just, I don't know. And I also think it's kind of rude to ask somebody their size. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a true fashion influencer will give you their sizes. And usually those bitches are like, I'm an extra, extra small, but not me. No, I'm usually an XL, XXL or large, large on a good day. Although I just got the Zara dress. Hoo-wee! A small? She's never. So yeah, I'm all over the place. But when you guys ask me for sizes, it's kind of like, mm, that's rude. But I get it. I get it. And sometimes, no, that's a lie. I was going to say sometimes I'll tell you. No, I just usually <laughs> ignore them. World's worst influencer. But on the totem pole of annoyingness, that like definitely, it's like middle range. But the thing that annoys me the most is when people... I post something, I link it, and then people are like, oh my God, I usually wear an eight. What size do you think I'll be? I don't work for you. That is a stylist. Like, I, I don't have the luxury. I don't have the finances to have a fucking personal stylist. What size do I think it will be on you based on your size? I don't know. Do what I do. Literally get every single fucking size on Zara. That's why I have an Amex that has like a high ass whatever threshold ceiling. What do you call it? Um, expense report. You know what I mean. Limit, limit, limit. Like, that's the whole point of shopping online. You buy every fucking size that you think could fit you. You get it all. You put thousands of dollars in your credit card. Scary, yes. I don't love it either. And then you go through it. You pick your favorite size and then you send the rest of the shit back. Or if you're like me, you consistently miss the return date and then you're just stuck with a bunch of clothes with tags you fucking throw in the trash. Well, I actually donate them to charity. Again, she's philanthropic. But like nothing, it's just like, it's so like, oh, Taylor has nothing else going on but to literally style me. Come on. Anyway. So my friend asked me to send her what I buy at Zara. And I was like, well, first of all, I don't even know if it's going to, if I'm going to like her, if it's going to fit me. So like, that's kind of a fool's errand. Um, But then she was like, fine. So once you pick what you like, (laughs) then send me like the cart with things like crossed off of like what you don't want. And I, again, I said, okay. But I was like, wait, it's one thing to be like, I like those pants, but like, I want to buy every single thing that you just bought from Zara. I don't know, girl, you know, I love you, but I think it's going a little too far. I did it once. I love you. I'm never doing it again. Um, but yeah, a fucking Land Rover. You don't own that car, bitch. I digress. So Wasman used to drive me to work every single day, but the longer the relationship went on, you know, the the nastier I got. That's just how it goes. That's marriage. And he would drive me to work and we would like get in a fight over coffee or get in a fight over life. So I would show up to work in the worst fucking mood every single day. So I jump on the mic and I would scream his name. Now, I'm not going to say his name because I'm going to protect his identity. I know he's probably very Googleable, um, but you know, it's just a respect thing at this point. He's husband, but like, let's say his name was it's really hard because the way I used to say his name was very indicative of his actual name. Okay, let's just say his name was Chris, okay? It wasn't. But let's say his name was Chris. I would come in every day. It became like it became like a pillar, like a staple of the show was for me to scream out husband's name in fits of rage and anger every single day. So I would go like this. So let's, let's say his name was Chris. I would do this. 
chorus like a million times over. So I don't know. I got like really comfortable with this idea of like dragging your partner publicly on your radio show and or podcast platform. It just feels like like a warm hug to me. And there's like some couples I'm thinking about right now. And they do like do a lot of podcasting together. And like they kind of like they bicker a little bit. And it, there's OK, it's different. A couple that full on fights, which actually was when and I were, it's like the fucking worst. It's so uncomfortable. You don't want to be around it. It's not cute. OK, but like a couple that's also just madly in love licking each other's bungholes. That's also not fun to listen to either. It's like saccharine, sweet bullshit. Gag me with a fucking spoon. If Tay had her druthers, we would like read like love haikus to each other when she's on the podcast. But like there's a happy meeting with a couple. Too lovey-dovey, sickening. And not in a good way. Not in the drag way. Um, really fighting all the time? Ugh, uncomfortable. Bathos. A couple that bickers here and there though? Mm, chef's kiss. It's a sweet spot. I love it. So, and Tay and I, like we don't always just like agree on everything. So I like to bring the bickering element into the old potty pod. But <laughs> the way this one bitch fucking ruined it for me. So I do not go on Facebook because I care about my mental health. But my wife sometimes monitors the Facebook pages that I have. They're like fan pages. I do not. I don't run them. I don't, I don't look at them. Like they are fan-based accounts. One is an actual fan-based account. And the other one is a basic. It, it's, it's on Facebook, but it's fucking Reddit. It's a troll account. It's psychotic. I can't even go there. So. No one should go there. But I don't know where Tay was looking, but she saw in one of them and she brought it up to me like a day or two after the podcast came out. And apparently there was some fucking Karen, ugh, like fucking savior, fucking Betty Do-Gooder, who's like, I'm going to save the world. But like really what you're doing, Tay and I just watched this documentary about this family and this girl was really sick with this very rare disease and they brought her to the hospital and like the nurses and the doctors, like they thought it could be like um, telltale signs of like Munchausner abuse. So they called like the state and like, you know, CPS had to come and like check out the situation. But like, and they basically took this girl away from her family and they essentially like held her captive in the hospital. It was like hospital became her almost like prison. It was really fucked up. I, I cannot remember the name of the documentary, but it was like insane. And it came out like, down the road as his family was like in legal battlings against the hospital and like the state child protective services that this one woman she had like a very long track record of doing this to a lot of families that were actually indeed not guilty and i mean horrible ramifications on the families financially emotionally on the kids it's so bad and i was saying to tay like I i'm sure these people think that they're actually like calling an alert to something to help somebody but like sometimes there's such a thing is like you goddamn overreacting and making a mountain out of a molehill will like in actuality make a situation that's totally fine so much worse unnecessarily so this bitch and i say that and you'll understand why because her delicate little ears can't even handle her um, but she goes on Facebook, such Facebook energy to be like, I'm here to save everybody, yet I'm actually causing more harm than good. So typical. And so she wrote on Facebook and Tay saw it. Like basically like, oh my God, did you guys listen to this week's Taste of Taylor with the Taylors? The way Taylor Strecker treats Taylor Donahue, like blink twice if you need help. Like I'm a verbally abusing her. We're just playing a little game of cat and mouse, home slice. 
Don't get your panties in a bunch over literally nothing. So, and by the way, way more rageful in my solo podcast than I ever am with Tay. I'm obsessed with her. So this is how, these are the receipts she brings to the old Facha book, okay? She's like, the way Taylor Strecker speaks to Taylor Donahue, like, is she okay? Should we send help? Should we call the police? Here's her like moment of like, gotcha. She's like, she called her a B, not a bitch. She called her a B three times. Bitch, now I'll call you a bitch three times. Actually, I feel like I probably called you a bitch six times. A B. Everybody calm down. Oh my God, people who just like live to be offended. Seriously, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but it, it actually reminds me of the idol. The way. I mean, and these are like major publications, the New York Times, Rolling Stone. People were so deeply offended by the idol as a show from the jump, from episode one. And listen, it definitely needs a trigger warning as a show, just as like a heads up, like, hey, you might be triggered by it. But I feel like more people are acting triggered than are genuinely triggered. It's like fucking performative triggering. You know what I'm talking about. We live in the land of it. One episode in and everybody's like, it's misogyny at its finest and like nobody should watch the show and let's get it canceled and boycott and like HBO, I'm going to cancel my subscription. Don't watch it if you don't like it because want to know what? Some of us, me, I'm disturbed. I watch Law and Order SVU to fall asleep. I read an article that said that that means I am literally a sociopath and I said to the article, duh, tell me something I don't know about myself. But like, are you fucking kidding me? So like my sociopathic self is literally robbed of a show that, quite frankly, I was titillated by. Now, it didn't like turn me on. If I'm being honest, like, yeah, the sex scenes were cringy, but like so are every sex scene I ever watch. I am Catholic. Any sex scene makes me cringe, okay? So like eh, I wasn't in love with the sex scenes, but there was way more to the show than just that. I mean, hello, the impossibly impressive nipples of Lily Rose Depp, the way that the tiniest pieces of fabric, it was just like a skims campaign, fit her body perfectly. Also, I thought the storyline was interesting. I thought it was a expose, if you will, or maybe a dissertation on like how Hollywood is just so corrupt. Like, you know, it's culty, it's controlling, like what separates a pimp from like a pimp of the industry. And the moral of this story is absolutely nothing. And I was here for the show. A popular opinion. I fucking like the show. And the final episode, there is a, I'm not going to spoil it in case anybody who maybe was crying about the show before they even fucking watched the show, maybe wants to go back now after hearing me and give it a shot. I won't ruin it for you, even though you deserve me to. But there's a twist at the end that makes you go like, oh, So everything I thought the whole show maybe doesn't track. Maybe I was completely wrong. Like we're wanting to cancel shows before they're even done. I just think it's so ridiculous and knee-jerk reactive and performative fucking saviorism. And I'm fucking sick of it. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Ritual. Listen, they say giving birth is like equivalent to running a marathon. I've never given birth, but I feel like it's probably equivalent to running five freaking marathons. Think about being pregnant building a company from scratch and then having to go down the multivitamin aisle. No, thank you, ma'am. Well, that's the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, 
who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal that she could actually trust. So I love Ritual because, uh, hello, we all need multivitamins in our life, but it's like, which one do you pick? It's so overwhelming, but Ritual is so transparent about what they got going on in the multivitamin. Like you can know and trust that it's gonna be the thing that's gonna work for you. And that's why I love Ritual. Transparency. I like my friends transparent. I like my multivitamin transparent. So Ritual is a prenatal multivitamin made traceable with vegan bioavailable and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. Now, you guys know I'm not going to be pregnant, um, but my wife is going to be, and we have those embryo babies ready to go. So we really want to get her on a really good prenatal multivitamin, and obviously, Ritual is the way to go. And the delayed release capsules are designed to dissolve later in the small intestine, which is an ideal place to absorb nutrients. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust. So you know, it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 20% off during your first month. Just visit ritual.com slash Taylor to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. Again, that's R-I-T-U-A-L dot com, ritual.com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. And now back to the podcast. Now, speaking of which, because I don't want to be a hypocrite on this podcast, have I dragged the show and just like that to filth every opportunity I get? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. The first season was depressing and fucking stupid. Okay. And I will die on that hill. Second season, I was like, here we fucking go. We got to watch Carrie do fucking admin. We got to watch her rewrite a podcast script about a dry vag. Like that's real. First of all, read the fucking ad. Second of all, her not reading the ad would not take an entire podcast company down. Number three, her foregoing sex to spend all night long writing, rewriting a podcast ad. It is so unrealistic and, and infuriating. And then the next episode, Carrie's like reading her book. I mean, the way I've just wanted to fast forward any scene that has Carrie in it because it's just the worst. And then a couple episodes ago, Seema, God bless you, Seema, for your character, had this storyline about um, her Birkin bag that got stolen. It was giving Carrie sex in the city circa 2006, like somebody stole my Manolo Blahniks on the streets of New York. And I was living for it. Like the way I died for that Birkin bag storyline, it was, it felt like a little bit of CPR to the show. You know what I mean? It gave me a glimmer of hope. And the most recent episode that I saw, I know by the time this airs, the recent, recent one will have aired, but I haven't seen it yet. But last week's episode, I have to say, it gave me a giggle. And I know lots of people were cringing over like the threesome scene between Shay and Miranda and uh, Shay's like ex-husband or whatever. But like, and there were still some like very cringeworthy moments on that episode. Do not get it twisted. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I saw a little tiny light at the end of a very dark and depressing and scary tunnel. And that's a thing too. You know, I guess we are allowed to change our minds. We're allowed to pivot. And, but that's a thing. Like, the way people just want to write everything off, right off the idol, because one episode in, you didn't like it. Right off me and my podcast, because I call my wife a bee, a bee. And here's the thing. Here's where we differ, okay? I have put blood, sweat, and tears into and just like that. All season one, I, I was committed to hate watching it for the rest of my life. But I'm telling you, I admit when I'm wrong, 
and well, I'm not wrong, but I do think that there could be a turn of events where and just like that really got starts to like pick up speed. So I'm really looking forward to that. And speaking of unpopular opinions, so you guys have heard the news, right, about um, Jonah Hill's ex-girlfriend coming out of the woodwork with text messages from when they were together. <laughs> it's, it's not great. But here's the thing. So Jonah Hill, I feel like it's kind of like widely known in the industry when even through, from the audiences. Like, I can't say wholeheartedly I know he's a dickhead, but like, I think it's everyone's opinion that he's kind of a fucking asshole. Just like there's things that we've seen, like he did that documentary with his therapist and was very like highfalutin about it. And like, he's just, he has, from what I've understood from inside information and also not inside information, that he's kind of like an asshole and takes himself like way too seriously. A story coming out about Jonah Hill being a fucking turd is like not necessarily like groundbreaking, right? If it was about like Ryan Seacrest being a huge causative monster, okay, pause for concern. Like, He's like, you know, just rays of sunshine in human form, supposedly. Although I feel like if you're that nice, like you must have such a turnt dark side. But like it would be wild to hear that he was like a verbally abusive to like, you know, or emotionally abusive to a girlfriend. Uh, Jonah Hill, you're like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. But it's not like the accusation so much as it is the screenshots that his ex-girlfriend Sarah Brady has put out there on the internet for everybody to read. Let me read some of these texts for you. They are not great for Jonah Hill, okay? So basically, they did it for a while. She's a professional surfer and she's hot. Jonah Hill's a former chubster, um, probably struggles a lot with his image. I get it. I actually relate to this mofo, okay? But I'll save it for a second. I'm just going to lay the foundation and then we'll get into my unpopular opinion. So she's a pro surfer. So she's always like posting pictures of herself, like surfing in like very small bikinis because like that's part of the job. She does some modeling, I'm sure, for like Billabong or Billabong or whatever the fucking brand is. I don't know. What am I, Blue Crush? No, no. And don't even bring up Kate because you know how it triggers me. But like being like hot and athletic and her body like is her job. So whatever. They dated, they broke up. He moved on. He has a new girlfriend now. They got pregnant and they just recently had a baby, okay? So out of friggin' nowhere, ex-girlfriend Sarah Brady comes to the picture on the internet and she's like, let me tell you a something about Jonah Hill. And she starts to share all of their private personal texts. Whoa. Now, I love it because I'm a messy bitch and I love to see celebrities fight. Like, we don't usually get to see the side of celebrities. So to get to see like them being like, gross just like us and you know st to be like like petty and dirty and flawed it's amazing stars they're just like us so relatable but she shared some pretty damning stuff with the world and when asked why she decided to share it now after the birth of his child she said like well i was going to share it while his girlfriend was pregnant but i didn't think that would be like fair to do to her because like I don't know what this kind of stress is going to do to a woman who's carrying a child. Like, I don't want to put any more stress on her. I didn't want the stress to negatively affect the baby. Like, I didn't want that in my conscience. So I just waited until after she had the baby. When she's in postpartum, potentially. And no, because seriously, like, yeah, I understand being careful about pregnant women. But like, can we all just understand that, like, we need to be careful of mothers, okay? We're so precious with pregnant women. And the second they push that watermelon out of literally a keyhole, we're like, game on. Now we're going to fucking drag you. It's so unfair. And then like the mom on mom judgment about how you raise your kids. 
Can we just protect mothers, please? And thank you. At least let's protect new mothers. Can we give them a year to like get their sea legs again? My God. Like postpartum is so prevalent after women give birth. And like now she's forever tied to this dingleberry. She doesn't need like a daily, this girl posting text message screenshots reminder that she's raising a child with an asshole. I feel so bad for her. She's truly the victim in all of this. So here's what Sarah posted. She posted a text that Jonah sent her about his boundaries. So he said, plain and simple, if you need the following, here's the following. It's a list. If you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit. That's where he really got me. Friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful. First of all, that feels like a personal attack because I am a chaos queen and I will always be. And that is the type of friend that I am. I am an unstable friend and we will have a fucking blast together. Then he says this. So if you, if you need all of those things, I am not the right partner for you. Period. In the wrong space. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it. And there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for romantic partnerships. My boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. Hmm. Not a good look, Jonah. Then here's another doozy. Oh, in modeling, which is the last profession I would be with as a partner. Sarah writes, thought pics, like in quotations, he probably must have said something above. And then he says, but LOL, must be hard feeling so trapped. And then she says, well, maybe you should have asked me more about what I do for work before you decided to date me then. A little late now. And then he said, keep taking me for granted. Go model. It's a fulfilling life. You'll love it. Real depth and substance and sustainability for relationships. But actually, I'm don't with this convo. Ooh, burn. Is there anything worse than when you're fighting via text and you're like, you're like, and now I'm out. And then you misspell something. Oh, it's the fucking worst. I get it though, Jonah. I understand. So anyway, it's not a good look for Jonah. He looks very bad. But guess what? Two things can be true at the same time. He can be an absolute cretin, controlling asshole. And she can be a complete psychopath for publicly posting after what seems like a decent amount of time they haven't been together, these screenshots of private conversations. Now, you guys know that I have a tomato patch, right? That's like my number one trigger in life. Um, This is a person I think I will never stop loathing to the day I die. Taylor, forgive this person. Forgiveness is for you. You can shove that forgiveness up your fucking butt. Because here's what I'll say to you. No, I'm not going to forgive. And I did the EMDR and it helped me get rid of it. But full disclosure, I have saved text messages and emails from this person just as a little reminder to never forget. And because sometimes I go cray cray in the brain and I'm like, wait, did I make this all up? Because I'm so paranoid and I have like little, I don't even trust myself, you know? So I'm like, wait, I don't even know if that's real. And then I search this person's name in my email. And the emails pop up. Is it masochistic of me? Yes, 100%. But like, you know what? This is how I take care of my 
mental health. And I go and read them and I'm like, nope, I was right, monster. That was a horrible thing to write to somebody. Just as a little reminder. But you know what I would never do? And I'm a fucking psycho. What I would never do is I would never screenshot it and I would never post it on social media. And if I did, and I've been tempted, but if I did, I would 1000% never be like, this is the person that sent it. I will say, and here's my unpopular opinion. What Jonah did is not okay. Okay. It's not okay. But I would be lying if I didn't admit that I have had a very similar fight with my wife, the bee. Okay. So years ago, when my wife and I, we weren't like newly dating, but we were like new enough. And she was working for this company called The Female Quotient where she would like always travel around the world. And The Female Quotient, like, I mean, they were just in Cannes. It's a very big like feminist. Uh, I don't really understand what it is, but like it's very big and it's very pop culture And like at Cannes Line this year, like um, Alex Cooper was there and Tinks were there. Like, you know, like fucking badass bitches. Okay. So like they're, they're still going strong. So Tay was working with all these women, which like, you know, you would think would be a dream, but we're lesbians. So it's not a dream because I felt like I, she was like working with my competition every single day. And she's like working with this like high powered C-suite women who like wear, you know, like three piece suits and like dark rimmed glasses. And they have like short lesbian haircuts, but they're straight, but they want to leave their husbands. and They want to be turned by a lesbian. And then you've got like famous young women who are impressive. And then you've got these gorgeous, smart co-workers of hers. Like I was triggered, okay? And I'm a jealous, crazy bitch. So I was like always fighting with her and accusing her of cheating on me. Because why? Because I'm insecure. Okay, there we have it. I take full responsibility. Okay, I'm already in like a bad head space. And then Tay, <laughs> so she's at Can Line. She's at Can. And I, this is when I was on tour with Stassi and Bo, like the first time around. This is like pre-pandemic, okay? And Taylor, my lovely wife, the slut. <laughs> Taylor posts a picture of herself on the beach with like all of her equipment because they had like, I don't know, they must have had to check out of the hotel and they're waiting for their flight. But like they decided to do like a beach day in between like checking out and like going to the airport. So she had like this big like um, Pelican case, which is like this like it's an industry term. It's like hold your equipment, whatever. There's like styrofoam in it. It's like this big, like hard shell plastic case. Anyway, I, you guys don't need this much detail. I'm so sorry. That's very necessary. So she's holding her pelican case, but she's in a bathing suit. And she's trying to be like, <laughs> not posting a bathing suit picture, posting a work picture with my work equipment. And I was like, bitch. And I got so enraged. And so I was with Stassi and I was like, fucking look at this. Can you fucking, I can't fucking believe this. I got so mad. And I was like, this is such a thoughty picture. This is such a thirst trap. I can't believe I'm with somebody who would post a picture like this. And then of course, Stassi, because you know, she loves to get me riled up. Stassi was just like, she can do whatever she wants. But the fact that she feels good about herself enough to post a picture in a bikini is what enraged Stassi. Like she was like, how dare she? I could never. So she was like indirectly like team me. She was like, yeah, butter the steak. So I all hopped up on insecurity and jealousy. Probably texted Tay. I don't really remember, but I, I just know from the crevasses of my brain that I definitely rage texted her. Probably in a similar fashion. To Jonah Hill. But what happened was that the bikini she was wearing was my fucking bikini that she took on the trip without telling me. 
So rather than have to fight about the things that really made me mad, very much like a Jonah Hill situation, I was able to do what girls love to do, which I fought about her taking my bathing suit and copying me. She comes full circle. She's a professional podcaster. And yeah, I was like, I can't believe you would take my bikini without asking my permission. And I went fucking crazy about her taking my bikini without her asking. That is how I dragged her. Oh my God, I'm such a psycho. Manipulative much? Oh my God, crazy. This is like, listen, I know people like see lesbians and they're like, oh my God, I wish I was a lesbian. Like my mom, all my friends are like, oh my God, I wish I was a lesbian. And yeah, trust, it is actually fucking great. But the psychotic girl, like guerrilla warfare that happens in a lesbian relationship, it's like middle school fucking fighting at the lunch table. It's like Regina George and Gretchen Wieners, but they're actually like married. It's so toxic and psychotic. There are no words. And to not tell this story about Jonah Hill and read his now public private text messages and throw him under the bus and not own my shit is outside my character, okay? I'm fucking crazy. I'm an unwell girl, but I take account of goddamn ability. So you know what? Even the best of us, me, obviously, in our darkest days of insecurity, you know, we lash out at our loved ones for being hotter than us. And yeah, that is... Mine and Jonah's plight in life. I feel empathy for him. Yes, Jonah, I am also a former chubby kid who dates and now is married to somebody 10,000 times hotter than me. So I understand your pain and your struggle. And it's like, oh, gross. I thought I was dating a surfer. Now you're a model. I'm all to say, oh, great. I was dating a videographer and now you wear high heels on red carpet events that are for me. The fight I got into with Tay when we went to the VMAs because she dared to wear heels you guys have no idea like <laughs> i cannot believe our relationship survived that fight i was so psychotic and my manager at the time who i love so much to this day he loved me so much he would enable the shit out of me and like he was like it's okay no she totally should have worn converse and i was like you hear that he also thinks she should have worn flats i yelled at her in an entire limousine ride we were in a white stretch limo that's abusive enough but no I have to drag her for wearing a kitten heel? Here was my thought process. I was like, I'm already going to look chubby on the red carpet. And if this tall, gorgeous drink of water model who's my girlfriend stands next to me, like I'm already going to look bad by myself. But if she's next to me, I'm going to look worse. So yeah, I mean, I just want to say like, Jonah, I understand you. It's not okay. I can't excuse it. But like, maybe there's a world in which you like went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. (laughs) just like me. And you had a weak moment. You thought you were in a safe place where you could emotionally abuse your partner in the privacy of your text messages. But then that bitch, she she taught you a lesson and she released them to the world. But here's the thing is, there could be a world in which Jonah Hill knew he was being psycho and insecure and he did apologize. And she's not releasing those text messages. And that's why I'm team Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. You heard her here first. Um, no, this is just me like trying to build a case for in case one day Tay and I break up and she, because now there's a precedent set, right? If she releases the text messages I've sent to her, like not recently, we've been wonderful recently, but like in the beginning, woofy duffy, I'm in trouble. So I don't know. I just, relationships are nuanced. They're difficult. We say crazy things to our partners, especially via text um, that we don't mean our grammar is terrible. 
It is just really embarrassing to breach someone's privacy like that. I wouldn't even breach the privacy of my tomato patch by reading publicly her horribly mean emails to me. But maybe I will next week. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to tell you like that. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I have respect. So no. Uh, More of the story is Jonah Hill's probably a fucking asshole. And so is his fucking asshole ex-girlfriend who's a surfer. Slash a huge slutty model. I'm kidding. Um, But anyway, yeah. I just had to really like uh, bear my soul on that one because I was dragging him earlier in this week. Like, I can't believe him. And then I was like, wait a second. Wait a second, Taylor. You're being a hypocrite. And there's nothing I hate more in this world than a hypocrite. So I refuse. I can be a lot of bad things, but a hypocrite is not one of them. So I'm here taking accountability for acting like Jonah Hill before Jonah Hill even acted like Jonah Hill to my wife. And she did not take that picture down. And it is still up to this day. And it still really chaps my ass um, that she just feels so comfortable and confident in her body. And that's really what it boils down to. I'm just jealous that she likes herself. Neri loves herself. And what I need to do is rather than, hey, jealousy is a fabulous tool. When something makes you jealous, you go, why does this make me jealous? And what are things that I can do to not feel so jealous? So what I realized was, I could go on Ozempic to lose weight so then I could feel comfortable at Claudia's 22nd birthday at Acme Nightclub, dancing in linen pants and a bralette from Skims. It's like if you can't beat them, join them. You know what I mean? So now I'm going to be posting thought shots all summer long on my Instagram. No, I'm not quite there on my weight loss journey. Um, But the second I do feel good enough in a bikini... I'm going to be the thoughtiest fucking bikini poster in the land. And uh, we'll see how my wife likes it. Anyway, that is it for me this week. Don't you love an unhinged solo podcast? You guys, you know I always say it, but I'll say it again. If you love me, if you love the podcast, and hopefully if you love this episode, make sure to rate, review, and always subscribe to the podcast. It means the world to us podcasters. It's basically like tipping anybody that you think is deserving of a tip. I'm not asking for some cold, hard cash. I'm just asking for a tiny bit of your time. Give me a five-star review. Write me an HGH, a little hey girl, hey. Subscribe to the podcast so you make sure not to miss any podcast that comes out every single week. And if you really love me, make sure to uh, post the podcast, say something funny, and I'll repost that bitch. You guys, I love you so much. To Deborah, I've said bitch like 35 times more this podcast than I did last podcast. So suck on that. And you guys, that's it for me this week. I got to go take a chill pill. Until next week. Bye, girl. Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.